Hey everybody and welcome to episode 41 of the Sunfire Tavern podcast, our podcast for gamers geeks where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV, with me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark discussing the hot topics from the week, and it really is hot topics this week. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And please feel free to email us with your questions through at Sunfire Tavern, sunf- at, sunfire tavern at gmail.com. Hey Clark, how are you doing man? How's you it going? really just go with that joke. Uh, yes, it's fucking... <laughs> I'm so hot right now, Clark. I want, it is I'm, ridiculous, isn't it? I have receded into a puddle, puddle of sweat <laughs> on the floor, okay? Jesus Christ, today has just been, like, I've just been sitting at... I've been working from home today, and I've lit- I'm literally just a puddle of sweat on the floor. It's so hot. It is, it is, so for anyone's context uh, who's not in the UK, it's very, very hot in the southeast of the UK at the moment, in the, in the middle, like, up to, like, Birmingham and Coventry area, all the way down to, like, the south of London. Uh, it's, like, 30, 31, 32 degrees, and it is insane. I was... Like... I- uh, it's so hot. <laughs> I'm boiling, and it's like, yeah. I have, like today, like it's we're starting. It's the start of a new sprint at work, so we we're like talking a lot about talking about a lot. So it's just a lot of meetings and a lot of being really like arguing with people and being really hot and irritable. And it's like, oh boy, it's been a spicy day. It's been a yeah, spicy and day. Have you been ill last week as well? Like, I can imagine it's not the best time to be dying that, of heat. That's yeah. true. Also, yes, apologies for missing. Uh, we missed last week's episode because I unfortunately got food poisoning and died. And that's now we're, uh, we're, all, I mean, we're, we're going to miss next week's episode as well because I'm in Sweden next week. So oh. we'll be recording on Tuesday rather than Monday, which wow. will be fine. That's that's awesome. Having having a good time in Sweden. But yeah, I mean the the advantage of us being off for two weeks is that uh, I've had. And me being ill is that I've had a lot of time to play some games and play, uh, watch some TV. So I've I've got I've got a few things to talk about, and also we got a bunch of really cool news stories that happened over the past two weeks. So just go over the agenda quick. Uh, we've got obviously the usual what we've been playing, what we've been watching. Uh, we've got the new Nintendo Switch uh, OLED getting announced, and then also surprise announcement from Steam announcing the Steam Deck. Uh, we've got the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl game that's uh, just got just got announced recently. Um, we've got uh, the rare copies of games selling for silly money. Uh, we've got uh, Zel- these copies of Zelda One and Mario sixty four selling, um, and then we've got our nostalgia bite for the week, which is uh, video game magazines. So, Ooh. Clark, what have you uh, what you've been we've been playing? What you've been watching? Well. Uh, I'll start with what I've been watching because I went to the cinema for the first time in a very long time. Ooh. I went to see Black Widow, which was a movie. It oh, was fine. It was a movie. Um, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't amazing. It just wasn't bad. It was. It was just fine. You okay. Know? Okay. I got to the end of it and I was like, "That's a very Marvel movie." The, the story was good. It was quite flawed. Um, it was fine. It was just fine. Yeah, because I have. Pla- I've. I've got plans to see it soon. Or at least planning to see it soon. But yeah, if you're saying that it's just fine, then you know, do you think it's worth seeing to see how it fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or is it just kind of like eh? Well, it doesn't it doesn't really do much. Like you get to the end of it and just go, okay, that was fine. Uh, it sort of explains who Black Widow is, though. Like it tells you why she is like really strong and powerful and whatever, and and why she's effectively a superhero, but she hasn't isn't like a super superhero. Mm. Uh, it does that, but it, it's just it. It doesn't really do anything. Like it doesn't add much to the the stack. Right. Okay. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like I did enjoy it. it. Was it was a good movie to watch in the cinema because it's you know there's big explosions. Thought some of the CGI was a bit ropey, um, but it was fine. It was a fine movie. Yeah. 
That's fine. Yep. Uh, I also watched Cruella. How was uh, what's was it Emma Stone? <laughs> so Emma Stone and Emma Thompson are both in it, and they are both absolutely on fire in that film, like because they are incredible actresses. The problem is the rest of the movie is so bad. Oh, dear. like the storyline doesn't make any sense. It's really like filled with plot holes, like heavily filled with plot holes. Like so, she, she, so the whole story is about her being super poor and looking up to this super rich like um, fashion mogul. Yeah. And and halfway through, suddenly she's making these incredible dresses that are like, and she's got all this money and she's doing like these big bombastic events and things. And it's like, well, she's still poor. Like, where's she got all this money from? <laughs> and and there's just a lot of that happening. And they've also tried to make her reasoning for hating Dalmatians like a, a, an impetus. Like they've they've given her like a like a, a a springboard to hate Dalmatians, which is just ridiculous. Like. It's mm. it's a shame because Emma Stone and Emma Thompson are really really good in this movie, but the rest of it is so bad. That's a shame. But yeah. So, other than those two movies, uh, I have. Oh, I also saw Fear Street, the first ep- the first episode of the three horror movie series. Fear Street. Have you heard of this on Netflix? No, I haven't. So there's been these three horror movies released at the same time, and it's sort of like a Scream trilogy, but a modern sort of take on the idea. And it's called Fear Street, and it's actually not terrible. Like they're quite good, they're, but they, I don't think they're really for this kind of weather to be watching. Yeah. They're more like sit at home in the dark, cuddled up under a blanket with your partner watching them. Mm. But they're kind of cool. So I watched, watched a bit of one of those, and I'm saving that to kind of watch with the boyfriend. Um, also played a bit of Skyward Sword HD. Um, managed to get it for £25, which, for the price that I paid, I think is a fantastic price for this game. That's pretty good, It yeah. looks beautiful. Like, it, it's really good. Um, the game is a bit boring, and the mechanics are a little bit... Ugh, like the, the motion controls are not mapped very well to the stick on, on the right stick. Ooh, that's um, But it's a fine game. It's an average Zelda game. I'm already at the point where I'm bored of it, and mm. it's exactly the same point I got to last time, which is just at the end of Elden, oh, um, which is the fire zone. Yeah. I mean, anyone that knows me and knows my um, love of video games will know that fire maps and fire zones are my my most hated part of any game. I just find them so boring. But what's Cause they're always the same and irritating. Sorry, carry on. No, no I was going to say, what's worse, Clark? Underwater sections or fire sections? I like underwater sections. Okay, well. Yeah, um... I'm that person. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Like th- so, um, World of Warcraft many years ago released an expansion where you had a whole zone called Vashir, which is all underwater, mm. and unanimously people hated it, and I absolutely loved it. It was quiet, there was no one nearby, it was dark, and it was lovely down there. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But people were like, this is crap. No one likes underwater combat. I was like, I like underwater combat. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Um, so yes, yeah, so I played a bit of Skyward Sword, um, a bit more Death Stranding, which I'm enjoying. Some more Overwatch. I'm starting to rise in ranking. I'm actually using some of your advice um, oh. to, to not get so pissy in Overwatch now, mm. uh, and I'm just not getting annoyed when I lose. Like I'm, I'm more just like, okay, we, you know, we tried. Let's try again. Yeah. I'm grouping up with people more that I play with more, uh, and I'm starting to rise in my healing rank. So that's fun. I'm glad to hear. Um, that's great. But other, otherwise, other than playing a game that I can't talk about because I'm heavily restricted under an NDA. Uh, that's been it. That's all I've been playing this week and watching and doing. Although you, I have been keeping up with Misfits as well. But did you um, keep up? Did you finish Loki as well? No. So I'm Ooh. I'm at the penultimate episode. So I'm at the last okay. one episode. Oh, uh, so damn. unfortunately, we can't talk about Loki this week. I was hoping I just, to I, talk about it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah, the problem yeah. is because the last few days. I mean, I think I mentioned before before we turn the call on. Um, I'm in the process of selling my house, so I've got loads of like admin stuff to do. Yeah. So I'm every deep. time I sit down to do something, instead. I'm kind of getting distracted by like paperwork and documentation and stuff. Oh, just so um, just like the TVA. 
Yeah, exactly. There oh, you go, yeah, see. perfect. Yeah, so you, so you don't need to watch Loki because you're living it. I see. I understand. I'm living it. I am Loki. You are Loki. Whoa, whoa. You um, are the god of mischief. So. Yeah, that's me. I am the god of mischief. 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 So yeah, that's been me. Like that's been my um my my last two weeks. Mm. How about yourself, Ollie? What have you been up to? Right, I. I have Creeping. a long list. Oh yeah, okay. I did a lot of that. Uh, there was a lot of that. And you know, while you're doing that, you get some time to play through some low-stress visual novels. So I've been recommended this game by one of my friends. Um, the game is called Nosia, or G-N-O-S-I-A. Uh, it's on Switch. Uh, at, at the moment, it's only on Switch. I think it comes out on Steam, uh, hopefully relatively soon. But uh, I'm going through it right now. The premise is that you wake up on a ship, and you have amnesia. Uh, so you don't really know what's going on. Um, and there's a bunch of other crewmates there. Uh, you know, kind of like, uh, sounds like another another game. You know, kind of like Among Us, you know. Um, is and this, th- hang on, is this, is this the one where the, it's, it's like an alien race that's, in, that's pretending to be humans? Yes. Another one? Yes. Okay, yes, sorry. So, so, so basically, you're, you're playing Among Us, but with, like, anime characters. So, oh, like, okay. there's, so, like, basically a bunch of people on the ship are, like, imposters, and you actually have to, like find out who the imposters are by, like, talking to people and, like, deducing information. And there's roles, like, uh, engineer, so they can, like, detect who the um, imposters are in between each night. So it's actually, like, you're playing, like, an actual game of werewolf. It's not really Among Us. It's more like Werewolf or Mafia. So you're playing Werewolf or Mafia, like, not not in, like, a visual novel sense where it's scripted and that kind of thing. It's, like, a randomly generated one. Well, you're playing it with these like anime characters, and they have like different personalities and different um, traits of their characters. So you can tell like, oh, this person lies a lot. So when you, as the more you play, you kind of get the idea that oh, this because of their personality trait, when they're saying this thing, you're more likely to just like be like, okay, well, they're lying, so they're clearly the imposter this round. And the whole the way that it's um, tied into the plot is that you're stuck in a time loop. So you and one other person are the only people on the ship who are aware that you're stuck in a time loop, and that you're trying to gather information in between each time loop, and that in each time loop the parameters are different. So like the number of people on the ship are different. The num the roles are different. So like sometimes you are the imposter. Like you are the or it's called the note. You are um, the nausea in this game. So like you have to like murder people and make sure that everybody dies, kind of thing. And as you play through the game, you gather more information, and sometimes the time loops, like, uh, differ. Like, there'll be, like, a bug or something will happen. And then, like, you know, something completely different or something completely left field will happen, like an event will happen. And I guess there's going to be an ending of some sort when you gather all the information and you understand, like, what's why you're all stuck in a time loop and what's actually happening. But the premise is really interesting. I thought it was a really cool idea, the fact that, like... I guess like a developer got kind of got bored and was like, oh, I really want to play Werewolf, but I don't have real people to play it with, so I'm just gonna like write like a Werewolf simulator. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, like write write my own Werewolf simulator and fill it with these characters with different like characteristics and personalities, and then kind of went like, oh, I guess I can tie this into a plot and then like release it as an actual game. So that's like kind of how it feels. It was made, um, but it's really interesting. Uh, I'd say give it a shot. The art's really nice as well. Or at least the character designs are really cool. Um, but yeah, so that, I've been playing that. Uh, what else have I been playing? Oh, I played uh, through a game called um, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion uh, on okay. Steam. I don't know why I've heard of that, but I have. Yeah, it was really popular on Steam. It's just a. Yeah. It's it, it's kind of like a. It was only about three. It took me three. I turned the speed run timer on just as a joke uh, when I was playing it with, uh, through with some friends, um, and it took me three hours to complete. Uh, so it's not that long. Um, it's kind of like a Zelda game. I also skipped a lot of side content to be fair. Uh, so it's kind of like a like a top-down Zelda adventure game, but with, like, very, very, like, 
like uh i guess quirky writing and like character designs and stuff like that it's very cute like it looks very cutesy but um you know does the classic thing of touching on some like more darker themes like undertones but um yeah, I think it was it was quite fun, you know. Just as like a three-hour game kind of thing, so I'd, I'd recommend that as well. Uh, don't think it was like I th I think with a lot of other people, the humor and the writing would have hit a lot harder. But for me, I kind of was just there to just like play play through a game, uh, so I didn't really appreciate it as much. But there were some jokes that landed pretty well for me, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend that as well. Um, that's mostly the most interesting things on the game front, but on the TV front. Um, I watched an. I think I talked about it two weeks ago, but I started watching uh, an anime called Odd Taxi, or I said I was going to watch you did, it. You did mention it, yep. yep. Yeah, so I finished watching that, uh, and it's straight up into my top one of my top five animes of all time. Um, I think that anime is incredible. It's kind of like the outer like I feel like it's kind of like the outer wilds of anime. Like I can't really talk about it without ruining what it's about, or like you know the 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 plot behind it but it's just really good like i feel like that is something for netflix to keep an eye out for and like buy and buy the rights to to have it stream on netflix because like it'll fit right in with like um all the other sort of like animal shows that are going on on netflix right now uh, and I, I i you know like and i know a lot of people will probably be like oh it's anime you but like i mean it's not really anime. It's just like it's it's just kind of like an animated series. Like if it was a western show, like kind of like BoJack Horseman, like I feel like people would watch it more, but it's genuinely like the one of the best mystery or like writing things I've uh I've watched in a while because like and that's like my kind of favorite genre i guess when you have like kind of like pulp you know kind of like a pulp fiction where you have all these different characters and you see how they kind of like come together and how their oh, storylines like, story like like cross. intertwine but they start off completely separate yeah exactly and and yeah. like the, you see how like everything is kind of like foreshadowed like if i watch the whole show again i would probably pick up on like way like there's probably even more foreshadowing than i already noticed kind of thing uh and yeah it's just really well written it's really good so i, I definitely recommend that to people um, and also started watching Beast. Uh, more, I guess I'm just like slowly watching more and more animal things. I guess I don't know why there's so many of them this, this season. A furry. Yeah, this is it. This is just my gateway to becoming a furry. So, um, uh, so I know. Yeah, you know, just I'm at that part of my life where I'm exploring things. You know, trying out things. You know. Uh, anyway, so I started watching uh, Beast Star season two the other day. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm hella in. It's good. Uh, I really liked B-Star Season 1. I thought the plot was really good. I liked the characters a lot. And the, I've only watched, I'm only two episodes in, but the setup for this season has been really cool and really interesting. Like, seeing how certain characters are in different roles and some of the new characters, I think, are really cool. I thought they were going to be really lame, but actually turned out to be really cool. Uh, the security guard character specifically. I won't ruin it for what animal they are or what they are, uh, but the security guard character was really cool. Um, what else have I been watching? Gosh... So many things have happened. Oh, and I'm slowly going through Devilman Crybaby as well, which I know has been on Netflix for a while. But um, if you want some, is, okay, it's a it's an anime. It's like very gratuitous in like violence and sex, uh, and it's basically about um, how when there's like these kind of depraved things start happening, like demons start manifesting within humans and start murdering everyone and there's basically like a human has managed to manifest a demon but to keep control of it um and then basically is like on a massive like revenge spree of trying to kill all the other demons or devil man like devils essentially uh to like basically save humanity kind of thing 
Um, it's okay. very, very gratuitous, very violent, but it's just Sounds like, gross. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty explicit. Uh, it's pretty fucked up, but um, it's good. I'm I'm enjoying that, so I'm going through that slowly. Uh, but I think Ooh. that's been on Netflix for like three years or something now. But yeah, um, that that's, that's uh that's my two week update of things. I think I feel that like I'm missing one. Yeah, it has been a while. I feel like I'm missing one other thing, but maybe it'll come to me later. But anyway, um, I guess we can um go and touch on some agenda topics. So, uh, let's start with the first one, which is the big news, which is uh, the Steam Deck, and also the Nintendo Switch OLED. So, what are your thoughts, Clark, when you saw the announcement? Um, so we'll start with the OLED, because I think that'd be a quicker conversation. Yes. Um, honestly, I was ready for the Pro. Uh, I have learned recently that the OLED was actually a pivot. Mm. So, because of the chip shortages uh, worldwide, Apparently, Nintendo have decided not to do another a revision for quite some time now. Yeah. And instead, they're releasing the OLED version to almost relaunch the console uh, to the same audience that they've targeted the console at for years. Um, I think it's a weird one. I, I yeah. know that they're going to sell. They've all obviously, the pre-orders have sold out already because Nintendo fans, unfortunately, are very easy to sell to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it needed to, to have been launched. Like, I don't think it was needed. Yeah. I'm not excited about it because I, I don't play handheld very much. I play on uh, dock, and for a dock user, there is zero difference. Like, it's exactly the same console. Yeah. Now, what do you think? Maybe, I guess, similar. <sighs> yeah, I'm not really interested. Like, as in, like, if my normal Switch can do everything that this OLED Switch can, right? Like, what's, what, the, point? what's the point? Like, why would I, uh, why would I buy yeah. an OLED Switch? Now, I agree the the use case for people that are handheld is good. Like, an OLED screen is lovely, the the blacker blacks are nice, and it's a slightly bigger screen, which means, you know, you can play your games at a bigger size, you can see more, which is lovely. The battery life is from the first revision of the console as well, so it's the one with the CPU revision. Yeah. Uh, where they upgraded the CPU very slightly, increasing the power of the battery life, which is good, that's a nice thing. Uh, but as no one's traveling at the moment, and probably won't be for some time yet... I can't really see the point of this. Like, mm-hmm. I understand who they're marketing to, and it is genius of N- Nintendo to take something so small and make it feel so big, but this just feels like a, a lost opportunity to me. Like, They could have done so well with releasing a console that was slightly more up-to-date. For sure, yeah. Um, and it, like, the only thing that really sold it to me, I don't know if you saw the trailer for it, the, the marketing trailer. I didn't, actually. Surprisingly, the music for that is absolute banger. Like it's really good. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, I really love the music. Like I love the trailer, but the actual product itself is just such a miss. It's just such a flop. Oh, but it, obviously, it's going to sell. We know it's going to sell. But yeah, it's to Nintendo, me, it's right? just yeah, it's it's just completely not innovative at all. Like I don't I don't see any kind of point to this. And also the name, Nintendo Switch OLED Edition. Come on, yeah. like, you can do better than this, Nintendo. Mm. You could have had the Super Nintendo Switch or Super Nintendo Switch OLED or something like that, but no, they went with Switch OLED Edition, which I just thought was... So yeah, not too impressed with the OLED Switch, and, and but it did come out of nowhere. It just It's a shame that we didn't get the Pro instead. Cause yeah, I like for the sure. Because I've been playing Skyward Sword recently as well, I come back on my Switch pretty hardcore. It would have been nice to have uh, that running at a slightly higher resolution, although it does look absolutely stunning in the resolution they've got it at. So it's, it's running, I think, I want to say 1080 because it's running in HD, um, and it, it looks beautiful. It's at 60 FPS now instead of 30, which it was on the Wii. That game looks gorgeous on the Switch, like really nice. Yeah. That's... They're doing a good job there. But I mean, yeah, yeah for £25, that sounds like a good deal. Like... Well, yeah, it's not the regular price for it. I, 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 my coupon game recently has been pretty strong. Mm. I'm getting quite good at finding deals on like... So this one I bought off the official store 
for a company called Base via eBay. Right. So it's their eBay outlook, um, and they did it for £35, and you get £10 off if you've got a Nectar card. So you huh. just connect your Nectar card, claim the little voucher that you get from it, and then disconnect your Nectar card, and you get it for 25 quid. That's pretty good. Which is a nice price for that game. I, I wouldn't recommend paying any more than 25 quid for it, because it is still Skyward Sword, which you know is not the best Zelda game, but it's fine. It's a fine experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm being very middle of the road this week, I feel like. I haven't really got any kind of strong opinions right now. No, I think that's fine, man. Well, okay. Until... Uh, what? What? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. What's your strong opinions on the Steam Deck? You tell me yours first. I've been talking a lot. All right. I I think the Steam Deck is um I think it's going to be pretty game changing uh for like Steam users or PC users. Um. So right now, like as a, I am currently a PC and Switch focused game gamer. I guess mobile as well. Right. So. You know, I use my PC for everything when I'm at home, and then I use my Switch when I'm traveling, right? But the Steam Deck changes things a lot for me, in the sense that, like, not, you know, the hardware and everything about it is great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think that's really good, and um, I'm not, like, a, I'm not really a super hardware snob, so, like, I know that the resolution of the screen is, like, what's it, 1200 by 800 or something like that, which is, it's, like, 720p, which is, like, basically yep. the same as yep. the Switch. Um... But it's bigger. And, yeah, it's bigger. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, the... I mean, it's got, like, the controllers themselves. Like, it's got a lot more functionality. Like, it's still got this touchscreen, but you've also got those weird, like, um, haptic feedback uh, touchpads on the re- right and left. Capacitive. Capacitive, I believe. Capacitive, yeah. So, yep. touchpads, which, which is, is cool. Which is where they, they can detect when your fingers have made contact with them. So, the sticks have the same thing as well. Yes, yeah. So, if you're touching... You know, like, on the Oculus um, controllers, yep. if you're touching them, like, your fingers will, like grab it in vr yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. that's cool and you know like that's going to make it playing like you know like um sort of like more cursor controlled games like easier on uh those on those platforms kind of like what the steam controller was trying to do um it's, it's taken the technology from the steam controller and improved on it yeah, because yeah valve are quite well known for creating hardware and then abandoning it mm-hmm. steam controller steam box i think steam it was link. Called the steam box steam link no, no, I'm thinking of the Steam box. Oh, the actual, like, console. Yeah, kind they, of thing. they, yeah, they tried yeah, to do, yeah. like, a, a mini PC. Yes. Very similar to what this is, in fact, but years ago. Mm. They launched it and then dropped it. Uh, there was the Steam Link. Yes, that, that was another thing. Um, there's been multiple... Sorry, I'm also really over-talking you here, because you were telling no, me no, your no, no, no. It's, on dude, thing. Dude, it's totally And now cool. I'm offering on. No, no, but, um, but like, for, like, you know, like, for my opinion, in my opinion, I think this is going to be amazing like you know the fact that it's kind of like it fills the same role as a switch but the big thing is that like you have your existing steam library already on it so like you know normally on the switch you have to play like then you have to pay like the nintendo tax and that also you'd have to rebuy games on the switch to play them whereas now you can just buy one copy of it on steam and you can play it handheld and on pc and there'll probably be cloud saves and it will like support more things because it's a PC, and you, you know, like developers won't have to port things. But also that, like, you know, like games you get in like your humble bundle and uh, humble bundles and your other storefronts yep. are also going to be accessible on this thing. And the fact that they come at a cheaper price, and also like normally the games that you would buy in those bundles, you know, the problem I have, and I know a lot of my friends also have, is that like, hey, I could play all these cool indie games that I got on my Steam account, but I could also play League of Legends. So, like, but, you know, now that you have this on, like, a handheld form, like, when you're on the train and stuff, you're more inclined to play through these indie games and these other experiences that you bought because, you know, you wouldn't, because that's what normally what you'd use to Switch for. But, um, so, yeah, for me, I think this is crazy good. Like, and also the fact that another cool thing that someone pointed out was that, like, you know, if you do plug this into into the dock, 
Like, it has USB ports, so you can just plug in a mouse and keyboard, and it kind of becomes like a mini gaming PC anyway. Into any dock as well, by the way. It yeah. goes into any dock. It worked, so there was a video um, of, I think it was IGN. I might be wrong. It might have been IGN. It might have been someone else. But they were talking to Steam. Uh, sorry, I'm going to yawn. Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, uh. They were nice. talking to uh, Valve, sorry, not Steam. <laughs> they were talking to Valve, and they said, yeah, you can absolutely plug it into any dock that you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought one off Amazon that was like 15 quid. Plugged in, works fine. So, yep. again, an- another step ahead of Nintendo there, because Nintendo are locked to their own dots. If you remember, quite famously, people yep. were buying third-party dots and the Switches were bricking. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not going to be the same problem here. Like, it's designed to be used with other things. So, I'm going to I'm gonna jump in. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what, what do you think I think? Uh, I'd be interested, because you know, you know me well enough now to make a guess. What do you think I think of this? I think you think it's useful, or you think it's cool, but maybe because you already have a Switch, or like the game, the kind of games you'd want to play, you already, you could only get on Switch. So maybe you're not super keen for it. Is, is that, or you're, like, you're also at the same level as me, like you think it's going to be cool? You think, you, nah, you, I think this is going to smash it. This oh, is insane. Okay, this is an insane step from Valve. Yeah. This is so. What's going to decide whether this works or not is their marketing, and that that's it. Like, yeah. if, if they do their usual bullshit of targeting the elite uh, gamers, so like the PC master race, which they do with all of their products, this will flop. It will die. It will disappear, and no one will know it exists. However. If they target a similar audience to the Nintendo target and, and point out things like you can get your Steam library on this system and Steam games are really cheap because they are. Like, yep. you, you can get um, Persona 4 Strikers for like 15 and 20 pounds less just, just through both stores. Even This is excluding going to third-party websites where you can get more off it. But you get it 15 to 20 pounds left on Steam that you can get it on Switch. And it plays better on the, the Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. If they market to that audience with that angle, this thing will be unstoppable. Yep. My problem is, is I just worry that Valve have never been very good at marketing. They've always been PC Master Race, and I think they might flub it with this one, because this has so much potential. Of, of Also, it, what I'm hoping it does is it shows Nintendo that this Switch Touch thing is just not acceptable anymore. Yeah. Because if this pulls their audience, which I don't think it will, because Nintendo know their marketing really well... Uh, if this pulls part of their audience away, they will have no choice but to start lowering their prices. And that will mean Nintendo Switch games come down in price, which is a big thing. Yeah. But I, think... you, you, I mean, you, you've hit all the points. Like, yeah. having your Steam library portable, like, imagine playing Civ Five on the train. Yeah. Um, or, you know, a bit of Portal while you're out and about or whatever. Um, being able to play, I mean, things like Control and stuff are sort of already possible with the Xbox Game Pass. Because um, you can play it through the the streaming thing onto mm-hmm. your phone, you know the uh, Xbox Cloud, whatever it is. is it Xbox Cloud, I think it's called Xbox Cloud. Yeah. Um, so that's X-Cl- already possible. Much, is it just called X-Cloud? X-Cloud, yeah. X-Cloud. But this this allows you to take all that to like another level. Um, the, the the downsides are it, it weighs twice as much as a Switch. I've, I've seen the weight; it's twice as much as a Switch. Oh, really? Okay. It's, it's just under a kilo. That's a very heavy handheld console. Yeah, I mean, people are going to be hefty. getting buffed from using this thing. Um, the battery life is two hours when playing games at their regular settings. Yeah. You can apparently add another two hours to that if you put things on the lowest possible settings and you don't run at 60 FPS. Yeah. Um, it has keyboard and mouse support. It has dock support. It has HDMI support. All that kind of stuff is great. And, and the, the, so, so to me... I don't know if this will be a big, big selling point or not, but this will be something that would be a game changer, is the fact that you can install anything on this console. Yeah, that's the so other thing, the openness. Yeah, 
yes, you're not restricted to the Steam OS. You can put emulators on this console, and I think you might see where I'm going with this. Yes, I can see where you're going with this. This will be the very first console to exist that can run every single games console in one portable device. Mm-hmm. It will be that. I, and, and I know that they're, they're, I mean, that that's not something that they can really sell it for. But if that message could get out there that you could have effectively all of the N64 games, all the SNES games, all of the Mega Drive games, PlayStation, um, Dreamcast, all of that on this one handheld, then it's something very special. Yeah, I think that's... But just getting that message out there might be so complicated because, again, that will impact Nintendo's bottom line. Yeah, of course, right? But I think the, yeah, the main concern for me is the battery life like, and also heat. Like, you know, can I play this thing while, and it's not going to, like, overheat and die? And also, can I have it, like, plugged in while I'm playing with it, like, in portably? Yes, yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, so. So again, I've watched the operational videos of it and a few other... I've been through a couple of... Because I was preparing for the podcast this week by watching a few yeah. of the big review sites having a hands-on with it. And one of them talked about the heat. They said, yeah, it gets a little bit warm, but it's as warm as a mobile gets when you're playing a game, a mobile okay. phone, okay. a smartphone. So mobile is a very British term for smartphone or mobile... Um, Cell phone is the American word. Um, apparently, yeah, it does get a bit warm, but it's as warm as a phone would get, so no problem there. Mm. Um, there is a fan, but you can barely hear it. Okay. It's the same as when the Switch fan turns on. You can hear that as well. Um, otherwise, no other problems. Hmm. They said, like, watching Control and... What was the other game they were playing on it? It was Control and something else. I saw um, some people playing... I saw, like, there was a footage of, like, Titanfall being played on it, and it looked pretty good. I didn't see Titanfall, but there was two games that kept coming up specifically, and one was Control, and another one was Ghost of Tsushima. Was it Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, it would, I don't think it would have been Ghost of Tsushima. It was the other one, the one that's not the PlayStation exclusive. Neo? Sekiro? Sekiro. Sekiro, Sekiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sekiro, yeah. It was those two games playing, and it looked incredible. Like, it looked yeah. fine. Um, obviously not Ghost of Tsushima, because it's a PS4 yeah. exclusive. Yeah, PS4 exclusive. PS4? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I... I I'm super happy with it. Again, though, it's it's been struck by this pre-order frenzy. All the pre-orders are sold out. Mm-hmm. Scalping. The... Sorry? People are scalping it, I saw. Yeah, the, the scalping is ridiculous. Like, uh, so there was an Xbox, 360, uh, an Xbox One X drop today across multiple stores. And I want an Xbox One X. Like, I, I'd like to get one. Yeah. I'm not dying to get one. But every time I see a drop, I'm like, oh, I'll go and give that a go. Because I want to do that thing where you can pay for it over two years and get the Game Pass for free. Yes. So you, you pay for the console over two years, and I think you pay an extra 100 and something pounds for the console, but you also get the Game Pass for that full two years, which to me is, I mean, I'm going to get what? the Game Pass anyway, so I might as well get a console for buying the Game Pass, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I like the, the One X, like I like how it looks, but again, went straight into one of the websites to have a look, all of them sold out, and I'm just like, guess I'm going to wait a couple of months then for this, but I'm, I'm in no rush to get one, so that's okay for me. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I, I can be patient for my stuff, but... The, the the Steam box has been hit with the same problem, is that um, immediately all the pre-orders sold out. And I've now looked at it and thought, I don't think that that's worth buying on launch. This is something that I think is going to have iterations, and I think the iterations are going to be better than the launch console. Mm. Because the, the, the launch console has 64, 128, and 256 gigabytes of storage space, which for a Switch would be fine. But for a Steam console, no. Yeah. That's... That's not going to hold much content at all. But they all do have SD card slots as well, so that's fine. Yeah. But I think buying a 64 gigabyte one is just stupid. Like, that has no use to me. There's no use there. Okay, yeah. I I guess for me, because, like, I would just play a lot of indie games on it, like... Yeah, that would be fine. That'd be fine. But I guess if you're you're looking to play, like, your bigger games, like your Skyrims, your... 
Yeah, I mean, God, I mean, you probably can't even install Call of Duty on that, could you? You can't. <laughs> Call of Duty is now over 200 gigabytes, so you can't install it. Yeah. Um, even Fortnite wouldn't install on it. Really? How big is Fortnite yeah. these days? What do you know? Like 65, 66 oh gig, I think. God. Um, but I, th- I think it's actually um, segmented, the game is. Yeah. So for every season... They add a chunk of content, but remove a chunk of content as well. Yeah, that makes I'm, sense. I'm going I'm to load up my install now and have a look how big it is, because I've got no idea. Mm. I would say somewhere in the region of 70 gigabytes would make sense, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a big game, and it's been around it's for huge. A, yeah, been around for a while now, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think I think the Steam Box definitely has legs. It's, it's entirely going to fall on how they market it, though. Um, oh. if, if it smashes it or, or, or just does nothing, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. I think, um, I mean, I'm optimistic. I think it will definitely sell, I mean, obviously people are interested in this kind of thing, right? I think it's like, the question is for like existing people who already have Switches. Like, for example, me. It's like, am I interested in buying this? Oh, hell yeah, of course I am. But like, is it enough for me to be like, hell yeah, and then like when it's actually on sale to be like, you know what, would I actually use this thing? You know? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I've got a, I've got a PC at home. So, mm. and when am I not at home? I'm self-isolating this week so I can go to Sweden. That's true. Like, I literally, li- well, I live in my home, but I'm about to move it all up to my old place, so, which is going to be great. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, Fortnite is 36, uh, 37 gigabytes. That's pretty good. That's how big it is. Yep. That's without Save the World installed. So this is with yeah. uh, Fortnite Core and Battle Royale and, f- and high-resolution textures. That's pretty good. And the high-res textures take up an additional 17.5 gig. So Holy the shit. actual install of the game is 19 gig. That's but then good. with the high-res textures, it's 19 gig again, roughly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, um, that's really good. I mean, way, better, well than, way, way better than Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way better than I thought it was, but that's, that's heavily optimized. That's, yeah. that's really, really good. That's impressive. There you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've talked quite a length about the the Steam Deck, and we could talk more about it. Like, there's, there's this idea that I, I, I do think one thing that people are forgetting, that, that which is why the two things don't compare well for me, is that the Switch has one very unique selling point that the Steam Deck doesn't have, and it's the ability to always have two players playing on that console at the same that time. That's very true. Yeah. You've always got the snap off Joy Cons that they travel with you. Yeah. And while they don't connect very well, they're a bit janky and they're, they've all got drift now, that is a very cool idea. Because being able to be on a train and be like, hey, do you want to play a bit of Mario Kart? And they're like, oh, I haven't got a controller. It's like, well, it's fine. I've got two here. Yeah. Snap them off. Off you go. Have a game of Mario Kart. That is brilliant. Yeah. And the Steam Deck doesn't have that. That has saved me a, a lot in a lot of cases with my Switch where like, I wanted to play a game with a friend and just been like, oh, yeah, here. I mean, it's the reason each. why a campaign for one of Blizzard's biggest launch titles was delayed by a few a few days because we were playing a lot of Tetris in the office on my Switch. <laughs> it actually caused the delay of one of the Overwatch launch campaigns. <laughs> well, there you go. Actually, did this. I'm not joking. Like, oh it actually did. Uh, it wasn't the launch campaign, but it was one of the character launches that we had to delay by a few days because we didn't get the email ready in time. Oh my god! <laughs> because we're oh. having a Tetris tournament. <laughs> well, there you go. Fine, I don't work there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving well, on. I, th- yeah. I think we've talked enough about this. Yeah. And the Steam Deck. Like, it's, it's pretty clear what we feel about it. Um, I'd be interested to see how the Steam Deck evolves. I'm going to be following that fan base quite closely. I'm very interested to see how they market it. Like that, That's where my, my eyes are. Yeah, for sure. So, right. up next yeah. is uh, the Smash Brothers killer. So, Smash Brothers died last week. Uh, it was killed dead as they announced the next piece in the series, 
which is the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl game. Yes. This came out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, it came out of nowhere, but um what's co- so okay, first of all, what are your thoughts? As uh... well, I mean, you're you're the Smash guy. I mean, yeah. we, we both play Smash, but you're definitely the Smash guy. So I think your thoughts on this one will be more valuable than mine. But yeah. my my but very cosmetic well, thinking no, on but... this one. Mm. No, I think they are. I think they are. Like, um, my very cosmetic thinking is it's a good idea, but this just reeks of every single like um licensed game that came out in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like that, there was a there was a non-licensed version that was really popular, and then a licensed version came out and it was crap. Like. Um, Oh, the Yuri is very poppy this week. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm very, very busy at the moment, so my brain's kind of shutting down. Don't worry. Um, there was like a lot of platformers that did really, really well, and then a lot of licensed versions of those platforms came out, and they were terrible. Yeah. I feel like this might be the same thing. Like, it sounds good on paper, but in practice, is it really going to be any good? I don't know. What do you think? So, my thoughts. Um... First of all, uh, I found out that the game is being made by uh, an indie company, or at least it's they're being helped by an indie company that made a game called Slap City. Have you heard of it? Hello? I'm sorry, I muted myself because I was oh. yawning. <laughs> <coughs> no, 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 really? no. Uh, so, no. I've never heard of it, never heard of it. So there's a game already on Steam, it's called Slap City. Uh, it's... Very, 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 very stupid. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's, it is also a platform fighter like Smash Bros. Um, and it's just very comical. As in, like they just went like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna make a slaps, we're gonna make a Smash Bros. with our own set of indie game characters from their universe, and um, just give them ridiculous move sets and ridiculous like, just make everything about it really fucking stupid. And it's actually, it's actually like a really good game like a really okay. really good game um and and has like some of the best net code and some of the best online and actually like in terms of comp- like competitiveness it's actually like really really good um and they made it as, kind of like as a joke and also just like a small buy like you know it's very cheap right to buy in so i guess that's what kind of like sort what nickelodeon or whoever the owns the brand for all these nickelodeon things probably went like hmm Hey, I guess we could get these guys to make a game with our with our brand appeal, and then it's gonna you know have some kind of like competition, right? You know, like to Smash Bros or whatever. I so mean, let's, let's, let's just while you're there, let's also point out their their timing on this one. Yeah, is literally days after Sakurai announced that the last character will be the last character for Smash. Exactly right. And so, that the series is ending there. Yeah. So that's timing. <laughs> it's really good timing, right? And uh, and the fact that the brand appeal, like I think a lot of people are very. Like obviously, a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for the for those characters and stuff. It's definitely the right age group. Yes, like people are now parents uh, sharing Nickelodeon TV shows with their kids, like SpongeBob. Um, really odd parents. Um, I can't think of like Rugrats or those kind of things. I think Reptar is one of the characters in it, isn't he? Yeah, Reptar is in it. Um, there's the character from Hey Arnold. Yeah, um, Vader Zim. Yep. Yeah, Invader Zim. You know, it's, like it's definitely like the, Nigel the Thornberry. Group. Yep, uh, which looks amazing. Looks uh, smashing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it definitely looks like they've been very smart with how they're targeting this because there's going to be a lot of grown adults that are going to be like, oh, I really want to play this. Like, I'm not necessarily into into Nickelodeon anymore, but I'm mm. interested in this. Yeah, like a lot of my friends, I have a lot of friends who, who also played Smash Bros. Uh, who just linked to this and we're talking about it and be like, boys. 
who's who's when's i'm a nigel thornberry main let's go kind of you know like kind of like getting hype for it kind of as, a, as like a kind of like a fun joke game i think it will definitely be a lot of fun i don't know whether it will have like any kind of like longevity um it definitely has the potential to have a form of longevity in terms of like a competitive scene and all these other things but i do think it will be a, a bunch of really dumb fun and especially with the brand appeal like there will be a lot of really good like it'll be like really popular for like a hot like like two weeks or something that's for sure that's a given but whether it has longevity past that, I think that's uh, going to be a big question mark. Um, but, you know, people are hungry for new fighting games. And the other thing is that, like, um, this Nickelodeon game, if it's being made by Ludosity, the people who made Slap City, that means that the netcode's going to be really good. So it's going to be really good for online as well, which is something that, like, Smash Ultimate does not really have going for it right now. Yeah. Same, as, same as Splatoon, like, the online is awful. Yeah, but, so... So I think this is going to be accidentally massive. Like, yeah. I, I don't think... I, I, I mean, you know me, I'm an experienced marketer, like I kind of judge everything by the marketing lens. Yeah. I, I, I do think that they've probably somewhat aimed for the right time frame to announce this. Yeah. And it is definitely saying, hey, giant audience of people that really love this kind of game, um, do you want to play more of it and have something brand new and, and keep buying new stuff? Like, because we can do that now. Like, yeah. here's your new thing. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of, like, meme purchases where people are like, oh, I'm buying Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's going to be that that sells it, I think. Yeah, Because they're sure. going to be then saying, like, oh, come and join us and play this game, and then their friends will buy it. And it, it genuinely looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Like, yeah. That's why I'm 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 hyped for this. Like if it was just I if I didn't know it was being made by the Slap City devs, I'd be like, oh whatever. It's just like you know, it's gonna be like PlayStation Battle All Stars Battle Royale. It's gonna be like whatever, man. But like you know, the fact that the Slap like they have that name on there, like for people like me who've played like a lot of Smash games and a lot of like uh, you know uh, other like fighting games and stuff like that, it's kind of like now it's like piqued my interest in being like, oh, that means the mechanics are actually gonna be like pretty fun, pretty dumb. You know, like and like, it's just, it's gonna feel good to play, kind of thing. So yeah, like I'm I am also interested. I'll probably pick it up and play it with some friends, just as like joke meme time. But whether yeah, I mean like, if you will, you find me playing ranked matchmaking for <laughs> for Nickelodeon All Stars Battle Royale. Maybe who knows? Okay. You know, <laughs> but yeah. It sounds super interesting to me. Like I'm excited for, it. and I also like to see variation in these in these kind of arenas. Mm. Um, like it, it's interesting to see someone taking that very successful formula and trying again with it. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it. it I don't know. I think it's going to be successful. It, it seems yeah. like a really easy win. I think it will definitely be successful in terms of money, but in terms of like you know, will people be playing it in like six months or be playing? Yeah, it in, like, I a think year? they will. I yeah. think they will. Yeah. I th I think I think it's got legs. Um, the the problem is is ever since Fortnite, the rules have changed. Mm. Like nothing makes sense in gaming anymore because what's really popular is is unpredictable. Yes. Like no one really saw Among Us being popular, and then suddenly it was one of the biggest games on the planet. Yep. Same with um, Fall Guys. Yeah. True. It's, uh, so I'm yawning a lot. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you don't have to edit all these yawns out today. The people could just deal with it. It's fine. Um, I'm. I'm interested to see where this one goes because I think it's got leg. I think it's going to be super popular. I hope it's popular as well because it will encourage more companies to maybe try this formula out. Mm. Because one thing I'm good at is that we still don't have a sequel to uh, PlayStation All Star Brawl or whatever it's called. Because um, I played that a little bit and I enjoyed it and I do like the characters in it as well. But most of the characters are a bit like, is this really a mascot? Like, yeah. this doesn't. It was like Jack and Daxter, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And another character, I was like, who the hell is this? I've never seen this person in my life. Yeah, you don't even remember. This is it. Like, it's yeah. not even memorable. Like, but yeah. 
I I mean I I I played some. I think I just had like mechanical problems with peer um with PlayStation about All Stars Battle Royale in terms of like oh it's just about you hit someone with your power move and that's how you win. Yeah. Um But yeah. But I mean they had to do something to differentiate from Smash, right? So which is fair enough. But yeah, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited. I yeah, will it's pick gonna it up. Cool. It's yeah. gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. Um, but, yeah. but we can move on to our next point, yeah. um, which is these mega expensive like sales for classic games. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you put this agenda point down. So what's been what's been happening? Well, so someone discovered an un, a, a sealed version of Super Mario 64, but it wasn't just sealed. It was sealed in the the shop plastic. Right. So you know, some shops have those security boxes with the seal on top of it. You have to click to open. Yeah, yeah, and put yeah. In those, like, big chunk things. It was still in that inside its original shrink wrap. Hmm. Which I would assume makes it like really valuable because it was completely untouched. This thing was, and it sold for one point one million pounds, which is one point five million dollars. Oh, um, which is insane! Like, but some collector now has a very unique piece of video game history. How? Sorry, like, what was that one point one million dollars? Yeah, and one point one million pounds. Oh, pounds! Right, one point five million dollars. What the fuck? Yeah. Which is a record-breaking sale for any video. No video game has ever sold for more than that. And this is, like, looking at it, it's just Super Mario 64 in the box that I have for this game. Like, I yeah. have that game. Obviously, it's a bit tatty because it's been sitting in a box forever. But I literally have that. And it's just insane that if I had just <sighs> left it in this plastic wrap, it would be worth so much more. But that that's crazy. Yeah, and that's... Then they, it, there was a similar thing with Zelda, which was the... Uh, the NES cartridge for The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Um, and that sold for... I'm just trying to find how much that one sold for, actually. Uh, $660,000, that one. That, that, I mean, you said, you put down silly money as uh, as the agenda title. And when you said silly money, I thought you meant like, oh, you know, like 20k. You know, like 50k. You know? Literally millions. No, this is... Yeah, this this is uh, silly money. Um, Jesus Christ, 600... I'm really interested to know who's buying this right for like 1.5 million like don't get me wrong like you know video game memorabilia and you know these games are incredible and you know genre you know you know sort of like defining like moment defining right sorry i'm wrong the zelda did not sell for as little as i said the zelda cartridge actually sold for eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars on friday two weeks ago fuck what two a week ago sorry not two weeks ago a week ago why why would (laughs) Who has these? Who has this money? Is it like Jeff Bezos? Like Jeff Bezos? I have no idea. I'm trying. I'm trying to find out who bought it. Um... These, jeez. I mean, for, fair enough. You know, people. People can spend their money how they want. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, that is silly money. I mean, those people who sold those cartridges are probably like um, they, they've probably got the money to spare. Like, I can't imagine that. They just pulled this out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm just saying that um, the people who who are, who are holding on to these cartridges in the first place are probably now like uh, rolling in it, right? Unless yeah, millionaires suddenly. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, cool. Uh, I held on to this piece of plastic uh, for this many years, and now I'm a millionaire. I do wonder what some of my old figurines are worth because I bought figurines in the early '90s that were like the original Metal Gear Solid, Solid Snake um, diecast figurine, yeah. and it's still in the same box I bought it in, and it's untouched. I oh, wonder wow. how much that's worth now. That could be worth quite a bit. Yeah. Um, like, I should probably get some of these valued. It's like I have, uh, well, I inherited, because well, uh, unfortunately my uncle passed, like, this was a while ago, my, when my uncle passed away, but I inherited a bunch of his, oh, like, sorry. original, um, like, Marvel magazines, Ooh. and I'm kind of holding on to, th- I mean, like, I mean, I've got them in my parents' house somewhere. Wait, Ollie, like, are you single? 
I I mean I am now. What? Why? Why? Oh, hey. oh, uh, oh. Uh, you want some Marvel magazines? Yeah. <laughs> just, just your Marvel magazines. Uh, you, you, you just want the Marvel magazines. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can still go for a drink. I'll bring the Marvel magazines. Yeah, no, joking uh, aside, like, and, uh, and weird weird gay humor aside, because I'm gay, I'm to do that. <laughs> we actually should go for a drink at some point, yes. because we have not seen each other for over a year, um, and the pandemic's coming to an end. We are, I'm also thinking, and let me float this, we should do like an in-person recording of the of the podcast, but like in public. In have public, which in in the pub, like just yeah, do it no, in, in, in a tavern. People have some people with us, like okay. If yeah. we get some guest stars, we actually go and do it. But I have no idea mechanically how that works. We need like recordable equipment and stuff. That's right. Just bring your phone. Just record it on your phone. That's that it. Works. Yeah. Okay, we'll <laughs> we do on a phone. It will sound terrible, but it's fine. We'll, we'll add some special yes. effects. It'll be cool. We can plan for that. It'd be, like that. It'd be like those two weeks where I put that backing track of where it was like. Oh um... my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> the, the background ambiance. Yeah, I listened back to it recently. I was like, "Fucking hell, that's awful." <laughs> <laughs> but that's all part of being like, um, like a content creator. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right? Right? Sometimes it doesn't work. That's fine. It's okay. Yeah, um, yeah we yeah, can do that. So, yeah. so, so one thing I wanted to bring up with these uh, these cartridges selling like this is it does it feels very reminiscent of the trading cards. Mm. So there's a, a big part of YouTube right now that you can go onto where people will buy tons of boxes of like old trading cards that have been like stored at the back of like old Woolworths for like. 30 years or whatever. Yeah. And they'll just go through and open them and some of them are worth like 10, 30, 50,000 pounds. Fucking uh, it's It's called, um, I think it's called card banging, I think. Card banging? Yeah, it's something, it's something like card banging or card popping or whatever. <laughs> and it, it's like a massive like underground thing on YouTube. People love this stuff. Card because if you, if you, but if you think about it, it's it's gacha. It's a gacha yeah, yeah. system, but but watchable and and consumable. Yeah, um, I've I've seen some people do it with like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff, like old school. Exactly that. Cards. Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting that that this is now part of that culture because video games have obviously become so established in our society and so important that now they have this value that is like far above and beyond anything anyone else's hobby was at the same time. Like no one's paying that much for like what were hobbies back there? Skipping rope. Skipping. Maybe they are actually legendary know. skipping rope. <laughs> I don't know about your skipping ropes. I'm, 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 I'm out of my depth here. <laughs> okay, Clark. Clark, here's a hypothetical. You go back in time to any time period. You can turn one hobby into a gacha that used to not that that was not originally a gacha. What do you turn into a gacha? So like you know, you can have rare skipping ropes. You know, like. Um... I'd almost say pogs, but that already was a gacha. So oh, I shit, yeah, pogs. you're right. Pogs were um, gacha. Hmm. Is this where we discover that everything was secretly a gacha? For yeah, and then I was thinking panini football cards, also a gacha. Tamagotchis, oh, um, oh. no, it's kind of a gacha because you had a random chance of getting a cool one. What? What? Uh, what do kids do play with? Like, pardon? Do you remember Tamagotchis? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I think we talked about them a week or so ago. So we, we did. Yeah. We talked about um, virtual pets. Yeah, like it was that, virtual yeah. pets, but I can't remember what the segment was. I think it might have been video game stores that we were talking about it in. Yeah. Or... I don't know, I can't remember. What did kids play with in like the 1800s? This is what I'm, I'm trying to I mean, remember my, in a cup. my history. Ball, yeah. ball in a cup was a big thing. Um, they would have a hoop that they can run around with with a rare, stick and a hoop. Rare hoops, dude. There you go. There was apple slaps, which is apple smacks, whatever it's called, where you, you it's basically baseball but with an apple and a stick. Um, <laughs> oh, dude, did you, ever, did, you, did you ever play like poo sticks? Yeah, we played poo sticks. Yeah, fun. man. Just... Yeah. Look, we used to play a lot of games. Like we played Conkers as well. By the yeah. way, explaining Conkers to Americans is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> that is like it's, like, it's like a 
like a fetish of mine. Like, because I just love watching them just go. What the fuck are you talking? Wait, about? is Conkers <laughs> a British thing? Is that yeah. only British thing? Only a British thing. What well. like, the fuck? It does not exist in other countries. Like, I remember explaining it to my French colleagues, and they're like, "You're insane. You're insane. <laughs> you take this dangerous thing that's." locked inside this like super dangerous shell and you smack each other with it like you, you smack each other's conkers with it and i was like yeah and there's people that cheat by like baking them in there yeah you like uh, freeze your conker them, like, yeah soaking them in vinegar freezing them, blah, blah, blah. painting stones because there's always one little shit to do that. <laughs> um but yeah explaining conkers to americans is is so fun because you just watch them go through this like whole re-understanding of what their youth could have been shit because they're like oh my god we had like Conquer trees all down at well not conquer trees, what are they called? Um chestnuts? Yeah, chestnuts, yeah. Yeah, chestnut trees all down my street and we never used any of that, but there's like a whole series of games out of that and you're like, Yeah, there was loads of stuff you could do with them. Mainly destructive, but yes, oh there was stuff God. you could do with them. Well, I know what I'm talking about in the office tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, bring up conquers <laughs> if you bring up American colleagues that, that they'll either never have heard of it and just be blown away, or they'll have heard of it and just be like, Shut up, this is ridiculous. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's no way. You're you're pulling my leg right now. That's it. It's great. Oh my god! Um, um, there you go. But yeah, so so we managed to go way off on that one because that was rare copies of games selling for silly money. Yeah. Um, but I guess you know on the topic of nostalgia segue, we can go to our nostalgia bite section, which is uh, about video game magazines. Oh man, what a thing! What a thing! I've I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I don't remember the names of a lot of these video game magazines I used to I like, do. buy. But like when I was a kid, yeah, like I used to buy like the Xbox. I think it was like the official Xbox magazine. Is that was yep, that one of them? Oh, that's one. That's one. Or yeah. Xbox Player was another one. Yeah, and then like the N- there was like, an N64 one I used to read a lot. Nintendo Power. I don't think it was Nintendo Power. I think it Come was. Come on. I think Come it was on. a more generic one. I th- I remember there was like another one which was like generic, and it was just like in- encompass like lots of different video games. It might have literally just been IGN. You know, like the original, like you know, kind of like, because a lot of these there's some well, there's some game websites now that were originally print media, right? And then they they they, they went into digital. Yeah, but the N64 ones were the NGC magazine and Nintendo World were the two. Maybe uh, it, it was probably one of those. There was also the the one called I think called N64 Gamer, um, one called Game Pro, and then there was obviously computer and video games, which I was in. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Wow, um, computer and video games, which was shortened to CVG. Uh, there was EGM, which was Electronic Gaming Monthly. I think I uh, read Edge. EGM. E- EGM and Edge. Uh, EGM and Edge, I remember. Edge was a very popular one. Like Edge, I still read now. I'm actually still subscribed to Edge as well. Oh, wow. Edge, because it's the only one of the few that still exists. Yeah. Uh, there was also official Nintendo magazine. There was Nintendo Power. Uh, Nintendo World was a magazine. Um, there was one called like Game Pro, I think. There was Game Master, which obviously... Games Master, sorry. Um, official PlayStation magazine. Um, God, there was so many, and I was subscribed to so many of them. Yeah, I, I <laughs> there just... were like five or six pounds of like, a, a, a magazine, but they were so good. Yeah, they were great. I I just still distinctly remember like the reason I bought Perfect Dark as a kid was because I w- read it in a magazine, read about it in a magazine, and then they were like, "This is the greatest game of all time." And I was like, "Oh my God, I have to play this game." Also, in the same magazine, they were sh- showing some of their review scores for th- some games. And there was a Power Rangers game, and it was the only time I've ever seen someone give a score. It, the scores are out of 100, by the way. Uh, this Power Rangers game scored negative uh, 21 wow. on the scale. <laughs> when I grew up, okay. I decided to download it and emulate it. And yeah, oh my god, that is it is a hundred percent worth the negative well, twenty one. Do you know what one of my score. first magazines was for video gaming? What? 
It was called Amiga Power, and it was oh, the Amiga wow. magazine. Uh, it was that, and I want to say, God, what was it called? Amiga Format was the other one, which came out in like the late eighties. Yeah. Um, and these always came with discs on the front of them, and they they actually gave you like full games on your Amiga. Um, so they were great. But this was the big selling point of magazines for me is they came with stuff on the front of them, free stuff. Right. It, it was the original distribution method for what you now get at game shows and game events. Mm. So like you get caps, t-shirts, um, uh, like what they call the lanyards, uh, key rings and stuff. Lanyards and key rings, by the way, are the single best thing to give out to gamers. Yeah. It's an easy way of getting people excited about your product. Um, and they used to be on the front of all these different magazines to the point where people would steal them from shops. Like they'd just go in and cut the front off the magazine and take the free Yeah, thing. I remember that. Um, I never did it, but I remember like seeing people I did. do it. I did once or twice. I, I was a kid. I was a little wow. shit. Wow. Uh, I know, I'm terrible. You did, um, also you did also steal games from Blockbuster. I did so. steal three, uh, five uh, Nintendo 64 games from Entertainment Exchange, which is very sad thing, but that did, was me. That was my past. You I did go to it. you, and you went to jail. That's it. You uh, no, you I, I I got no. taken to a prison and shown what it's like to be in jail. Wow. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but no, magazines. They were they were this whole thing that it was just that 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 time of just sitting there with the magazine on your lap, sitting on your sofa, just being quiet and just nerding out about games. Like it's something that I don't think internet sites have been able to replicate because mm. you've also got all these like flashing ads and stuff all around your websites and stuff. And I, I don't think it's as concentrating, concentrated as it is in a magazine. Yeah. Because some of the layouts were just gorgeous. Like Edge, for example. Oh yeah. The front covers were like oh. so good. And all of the innards as well on Edge was just, it was just beautifully put together. Yeah. Like it, 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 and that's why I still subscribe to Edge now because I, I really enjoy how that magazine's laid out. Yeah. And then like, those were also how you got some of the demo discs, right? For like, you know, yeah. PC games yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, I think that was one of the big reasons why I bought magazines when I was young because I wanted to try was, all the stupid video games on them. It was yeah. the distribution method for the PlayStation demos, like Demo 1 and those kind of things, which were like monumental those demos were yeah uh, it, it wasn't demo one it was the magazine demo that had like wipeout and stuff on it that was like super popular wipeout 2097 sorry was the demo um but no like video game magazines are something that i'm really sad to have seen gone um and there's still a few of them that exist here and there but games master was just phenomenal that magazine was it, it was so well written and so good and so fun edge still great pc game was amazing um Nintendo PC Power. Gamer, so, that's the, of course, well, a friend PC of mine gamer. bought every single issue of Nintendo Power in like a oh like God. an eBay sale. Wow! And I admit, I was like, "That's a really stupid thing." They turned up, and we sat and read every single one of them back to back, and it was such a great experience. Oh my God! Because you you got to have not just the nostalgia, you got to see what people talked about in video games at that time. Yeah, when man. they were in that mindset, and it's so <sighs> different than how people talk about it now. That sounds like, like so much fun. Like, see, yeah, seeing how, like what the discourse was like back then, and also like the kinds of language and like the kinds of things that like, people would talk about. And I'm sure, like, because it was also in an age where there wasn't really the internet, right? There was a lot more like yeah. mystery and secrets and stuff. Yep. And, yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. A lot of sexually inappropriate content as well. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's probably. So the case. There, there was a series of of Game Boy ads that were targeted at obviously teenage boys mm. and the ad was always a kid like you were in the point of view of the of the young lad staring at his Game Boy and, and almost blurred in the background was a girl standing with no pants on I remember that yeah I, okay I remember yeah. these ads yeah yeah and it was like um you're playing with power Nintendo power she's not like whoa hang yeah. on <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was another thing in magazines was the the tongue in cheek ads. But they, they were just in general, they were just fantastic. And yeah. so here's another thing: my, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the uh, computer game show. Yes. So 
TCGS. Yes. They they just interviewed uh, a chat. I'm actually going to have to look this up now because I can't remember his name. It's Ian. Oh god, what's his name? But they they just managed to get him on the show, and he, he's actually a, a very famous um, video game kind of. Um, what's the word? What am I looking for? Journalist from the nineties, a video game journalist from the nineties, and they managed to get this guy on the show. His name's uh, Ian Lee. Ian Lee. So if you if you look up Ian Lee, well, look him up. I a i n l e e Ian Lee. Yep. Do you recognise him? Uh so look at him when he's young. Ian Lee uh, put nineties in the Google image search. How, wait, is that I A N Ian Lee? I A I N Ian Lee. I A I N. Yep. Yeah. You must recognise him. Journalist. I think I've I've definitely heard the name. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I recognise yeah. him. Yeah. So he very famously got to meet. Um, the guy that created Mario, and his name's gone completely from my head now. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto? Or... Yeah, Shigeru Miyamoto, him. Yeah. And there's a video. there was a video of him meeting this guy and just being a complete moron with this guy. And he's laughing about it on the show because he's on TCGS, which, again, I'm going to shout them out this, this week because uh, they have given me some really fantastic shows recently. I'm really enjoying their stuff. I've been chatting a little bit in their Discord as well and trying to oh, yeah. um, you know, engage with them and stuff. They're, they're a fantastic group of lads. Like, I, I love that show so much. Yeah. Um, so... Big shout out to to the boys. It's Dave, um, Sean, Matt, and James. Great bunch of lads that have made this great show. They're all equal parts of the show. Not as I said before, Dave runs it and the rest of them like work for him, which is not true. <laughs> uh, and they're also not in their early forties either. They're mostly like mid thirties. Mm-hmm. One of them is in their forties. Oh my! So gosh. I actually, I listened back because they, they played a chunk of our show on their show. And it was me doing that bit where I talked about them, and they're just like, this is so weird to hear someone else talk about us, and then listen to what this asshole says about us. Yeah, oh my <laughs> gosh. Great. Um, but no, they did this session with, with uh, I've gone way off track here, sorry, uh, with Ian sorry. Lee. Yeah. And he was someone, I, I had a bit of a crush on him when I was younger as well, because he was kind of hot when I was a kid, not so much now, but he's still a <laughs> lovely guy, like, watch the interview with him. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I hey, man, mean, that's fair. No, no, but I, I don't mean it's because he's changed, because he's still a very attractive man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, you know, I've grown up, like I'm a different person. Yeah. Um, and he was on the show, and I was, I was watching the, the Twitch stream where they had this interview with him, and it was just so good to listen to this guy talk about how he... Because he was like, he, he was like, yeah, we, we interviewed this guy, and then we went and did some coke together, and it's like, right, okay, cool. Uh, it was all very, like, passive and very off the cuff, and it was just really interesting to listen to this dude who was like the center of a lot of video games reporting in the 90s just recount it yeah yeah uh, it, it's almost like when i get into my stories and stuff like i understand some people might get a bit bored with them but other people probably really enjoy listening to like what it was like working at blizzard during the heyday and whatever and mm-hmm. listening to him i now got to have that experience of someone on the outside which was really cool and i'm so happy they did this show last week and i really hope they do some more because it was really really good fun um but i would highly recommend you listen to tcgs talks over thumb candy with special guest ian lee very very cool all right. absolutely shout him out this shout. week yeah i'll give that a listen as well myself yeah um but and i don't know if you want to talk more about video game magazine <laughs> no i i mean i mean i feel i feel like that's a that's a good wrap up right there you know on oh. video game magazine if I could make one very quick 30 second segue that probably won't even take 30 seconds, you, go. you need to check out Nakey Jakey on oh, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Specifically for his video about the Pizza Hut demo discs. Yes. 
Great uh, it, that's actually what got me thinking of this section this week because I was I was watching a bit of Nakey Jakey. Um, have you have you seen it? Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's, great. it's it's just brilliant. He does such a good job, like encapsulating what it felt like to get those demo discs. Calling him out as well this week. Fantastic uh, YouTube channel, like really really good videos. Please go and watch it. Like, do yourself a favor and check that out. Yeah, um, give that a watch. But yeah, do you want to roll us out, Ollie? Yeah. Unless you've got anything else to bring up, because no, I mean, I think I think, I think that's, those are some good shout outs, you know, uh, good good YouTube channels. I'm really interested it's... to hear about more about Ian Lee. I'm reading about him right now. But, yeah, um, like, yeah. Give, if if you don't do anything this week, and I know I give you homework every week, don't <laughs> anything, do do give that podcast a chance. Like, just put it on. Yeah. Or listen or watch the video because it's the facial reactions and stuff that I love. Because you also get this little thing as well where Dave, the guy um, from TCGS, is clearly a little bit starstruck at yeah. points. I think him and Ian Lee are somewhat mates. Oh, like they've either got to know each other and become mates, or they've been mates all along. But he's still a little bit starstruck. Oh, oh, Ollie, hang on, I missed the biggest thing. Oh what? my god, guess who I met yesterday? Who'd, wait, what? Who did <laughs> Actually you meet? met, by the way, like met, chatted, had a conversation. Wait, who? So I can give you a clue. King Kong. You met Jack Black? No. Uh, Peter Jackson. Snoke. 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 I don't know. I don't know his name. I'm sorry. Do you know who I'm talking about? I well, I assume from Snoke. I, I assume you're talking about the actor. Uh, or yes. I I don't know the name. Oh, maybe Gollum. you're gonna say the name, and I'm gonna be like, oh right. Gollum. Pardon? Gollum. Oh, from Lord of the Rings. Fucking hell. Okay, I know who you're talking about now. 100%. It's Andy Circus. Oh, Andy Circus. That's his name. So, How did you meet Andy Circus? Yeah, so, so, okay, right. So, um, what was I doing? I was, I was, I'd just come from the gym in Greenwich, and I was just walking down to the Costa to get a coffee, and then I realised I was like, actually, I want a frappuccino, and I can only get frappuccinos in Starbucks, and there's a Starbucks in the centre of Greenwich, so I thought, fuck it, I'll walk all the way over there. Walked over, and this guy rolls up on his, this really cool-looking bike with a helmet on, with horns on the front. And I look up, and I'm like, he looks like that dude that plays Gollum. Like, just off yeah. the cuff, I didn't think about it. And he's standing behind me, and he started having a conversation with someone on his phone, or whatever. He was, he was talking, and he's got a very iconic voice, like, very recognisable. Yeah. And I was like, that is Andy Serkis. So I turned around, and I was like... I couldn't say anything. I looked at him and just kind of went, "Yeah, okay." I got a bit starstruck because yeah, he's a fucking course. legend. It's like when I met Dave Grohl. Like, like, yeah, I got starstruck, and I don't usually get starstruck, but these are these are legends. And I kind of turned around and then turned back, and then after a minute, I, I turned around to him and I said, "Excuse me, like, where did you get that bike?" And we started talking about his bike. That was my way of like, I yeah. know who you are, but I want to have a weird conversation to make it sound like I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And then so he uh, he got his coffee. I got my frappuccino when I sat on the wall a little bit after having this very brief conversation. And he came over to me and chatted to me for like ten minutes about all the roles he did. Aww, it was so cool. Yeah. Like, uh, so he told me about this is where I learned that he played Snoke, and he told me about what it was like to be Gollum. And I, I said the question, um, "Do you get people coming up to you all the time asking you to do the lines?" And he's like, "All the fucking time." Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine. Like, you know, asking to go like, "My precious" and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And it's like yeah. that bit in The Simpsons, and we actually got talking about The Simpsons because he's like, he said, "Yeah, it's like that episode in The Simpsons when Bart gets asked to do the line, the I do what I feel like' thing." Yeah. And everyone cheers in the classroom. He's like, that's how it feels sometimes. And he actually said to me, he's like, it's nice like that someone's recognized me but isn't obsessing over my work. Mm. And I was like, well, I could obsess over your work because I'm a big nerd. Yeah. But also, it's just nice to chat and like learn about the trade and stuff. Well, yeah, you're treating I, I him think... like he's a human being, right? Rather than like a like a random yeah. celebrity. And I think that's that, that's great. Like that's that that is how I feel. Like if you do want to talk to these people, you know, like of course, well, of course, that's how you, you do it. Yeah, you just have but a chat, that, right? That like... definitely comes from experience because. 
having uh, this is going to sound so arrogant but having worked with celebrities as i have like carolina ravaza and the woman who plays Symmetra, uh, anjali her name is mm -hmm. and a few of the few of the people like jack black and a few others as well um in fact i could list them madonna um, oh, wow sting the queen long story but yes having worked with celebrities you do start to understand that they don't like to be irritated by people yeah. and I, I think I'd, i don't feel sorry for them because they also earn a shitload of money um <laughs> which you know it's so sad like i'm just gonna dry my eyes with my cash but at the same time i know how to talk to celebrities in, in the way where i don't i hope i don't come across as a bit of a dickhead yeah because i you know i want to say like hey i really appreciate what you did in this movie like if ever i met emma stone i'd be like Fucking loved you in The Actress, which I don't know if you've seen. No, I have not. My but... God. Oh, sorry, I've really taken us off, off board here. It's all right, man. In a second, but you need to check out The Actress on YouTube. It's a, it's a three-minute or four-minute SNL sketch, and it's, it's easily their best sketch. And I'm not a big fan of SNL. This is next level. It's so funny. Yeah. So she plays um, an actress who's obviously struggling, and she's applying to be the wife who gets cheated on in the gay porno. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but she takes it really seriously. Like, she's a method actress, and she gets into the character and stuff. Oh, my and God. And creates this whole backstory for this woman that is just just a name in the porno. Yeah. It's so fun. Like, really watch it. So, like, I'm giving you so much homework this week. But All right, I'll give it a watch. Is listen to TCGS, <laughs> and if you get time, check out um, the actress on, uh, on YouTube. Yep. Um, but I'll shut up because I've spoken way too much. Oh man, it's fine. You're um, just you're just going off. You've been passionate about the things, dude. You met fucking it's... Andy Circus. Like, I come know. on, man. I was so happy. <laughs> um, but this is also to preempt that next week we are going to be delayed. So yes, uh, we're going to be recording on Tuesday next week. So I'm going to be in Sweden. Um, but yeah, obviously because me and Ollie haven't had a week of recording, we've skipped a week. I've not shut up this week. So I've got so much to talk about. Hopefully fine, next man. week I'll, I'll let Ollie talk a bit more. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's everything for me. Like I'm, I'm closed up for the week. Ollie, do you want to? Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll round us out. But uh, thank you everybody for listening to episode 41 of the Sunfire Tavern podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Podcasts, or your usual things. You know, send us an email at um, sunfiretavern at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern. Um, and yeah, thanks again for listening. And um, Clark, you got any any more closing statements? You got anything else? No, I probably could, but no. Yeah. I mean, no, oh, no, 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 just go, just go again, dude. It's fine. Let's no, no, I, can't. I, just, I'm, I'm, I was actually going to make a joke about how many times you're going to start the uh, the ending jingle this week. <laughs> it's going to be like, duh, duh, duh. oh, God. All right. Anyway, catch you guys next week. See you later. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.